Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, good morning, amigo. This is TJ Holmes with Good Morning America, and you are listening to Slam Radio. Go! We're taking off. Welcome aboard. Now, back to what's-his-face. You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. XM145. Incredible. A longtime follower back and forth on Twitter with him. I think he misunderstood me. Plus, a good friend of mine who used to work here at Slam, Mr. Rivera. JR Rivera. So having back and forth discourse about my point about Dirk Sheridan Campbell uh, earlier on the show. Um, sorry for interrupting that point with a mix. <laughs> uh, worked out pretty good though. We had a good time. I don't want anyone to get confused. So I have to clarify something because, as usual, it's very simple to misunderstand points because either you're thinking something and you don't put everything out when you write it or it can just plainly be misunderstood because someone's already on the defensive. And I'm not accusing this longtime follower friend. I call all my followers friends, but someone who follows, like, I've had great interaction with this person before. I even told him to call in the show if you wanted to. Um, real quick, Larry, you brought up Rivera, Mr. Yeah. Rivera, that used to work here. You know he's up for, like, one of these Shade Room Awards, right? Dude, he was in 2015 BET Social Media Influencer of the Year. Like, Mr. Rivera is a big deal. He taught here for years. Um, had he not left for Greener Pastures, we would have heard him in here and everything. Mr. Rivera is a good guy, man. So for, for Father's Day weekend, the Shade Room, which has like 19 million followers, the Shade Room is a big deal. They're celebrating the fire fathers right before Father's Day. So it's the best the father successful, ever seen. Su- successful fathers, yet fine fathers. And he's up for the running. He's one of the fine fathers, like a hot father. Yeah, like, like, hot like girls go, woo! Like successful fathers, and he's in the yeah, running for uh, that. That it, so I'm not judging the hot. That's oh, up no, to a girl. On. But I just thought to bring it up. He's, this is a big. But he's page. he's a big deal though. The guy's kind of a big deal. Like he he's a motivational speaker. Oddly enough, he taught geometry, right? But whatever. Um, he had his opinion, and, and you know he agreed. But it, it's always easy to get lost in the shuffle. And so this follower threw the little. This always happens, and I don't get mad anymore because I don't think this guy meant it in a bad way, and he may not have even meant it at all, but not realize how it sounds, which is why people can misinterpret what's being said. He says, "When communism goes down in Cuba, going to knock down all those statues." I'm, Okay, then I reminded him, I'm a lot more a lot of other things than I am Cuban. And I mentioned, you know, Jamaican, Bahamian, Dominican, <laughs> Spaniard, and oh yeah, by the way, American. Uh, don't get it twisted, guys. Don't, don't get lost in that shuffle now. Milian and, and the beard and I look like a dude that should live in Little Havana. Knock it off. Like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it across the board, right? Like we want racial sensitivity and i think that this country needs an overhaul in that area very racially insensitive there are people who think it's okay to make certain jokes they're not okay and they've lost touch 
That's not 40 or 50 years ago. That's 60 years ago. And you keep letting the generations go and they make the stupid jokes. I, I won't say by name, but the gentleman that I used to have as a friend that I had a huge argument with a couple of months ago during the COVID crisis. And, and he lives in, in, in a state that I won't even name. So we don't even figure out who he is. All right. And he's a gringo and I've known him for years and I never wanted to out him. But when he started with his bull crap, you know, I wanted to remind him about all the racial slurs he used to tell me over beers. And I'd say nothing to him because he didn't realize that he was offending me. And, and, and it never got to a point where I had to tell him, dude, shut up. Knock it off already. Don't do that. I once in a while would be like, oh, God, here we go again. Just to know, make him notice a little bit that I didn't like what he was doing. But he was really comfortable, you know, saying some really dastardly things. And then later on, paint himself to be some sort of messiah of sorts. People get it all twisted. Look at that, that universe of one that I always talk about. And I'm sorry if I have Toby waiting here, but the point of the matter is, guys, don't get it twisted. If you're going to do it, you either do it completely and consistently, or you don't do it and leave your margin for error. This guy here moves for history is history, okay? I always have. And you judge it based on what it's worth, what it means, and if it offends you, then you understand the history. You don't forget the history. That's who I've been. But if we're going to do what we've been doing for the last month, okay, then one of the prime candidates of having names removed and guys forgotten from the face of the earth, Doak Sheridan Campbell has to be that guy. Do you know that once upon a time they're going to have some sort of convention or some sort in the university and students, black students from FAMU, were going to come over and he wanted to cancel the whole thing because there was going to be black students on his campus. Like, that's not a sign of the times. That guy was an ultra-racist. So if you're going to do it, do it consistently. My next guest, an old friend of mine. He thinks that I'm the best putter since Tiger Woods. That's a story for another day. He's probably laughing now that I said that. Um, but Toby and I have had a few back and forths because he's a big FSU fan. But we always do it with a big smile on our face because he is just a, a gentle teddy bear and a total gentleman and a good friend, Toby Schreiber, jo joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. What's up, Toby? How you doing? Pretty good, Larry. How you doing it's today? It's been a minute since we've talked. First and foremost, your son, Bailey. We need to get him on the show. This guy's like a scouting <laughs> guru. or Like, what's up with Bailey? Bailey's doing his own thing. He started early. It, it's amazing. You know, I, I didn't try to put the things I liked enforce it upon him he became a, a baseball fan on his own and he got really into the minor league baseball we went to games all the time and about a year ago at this time uh prospects 1500 which is uh they do minor league baseball reports and, and articles they asked him to be a reporter for the florida state league all-star game and he of course was willing to do it and he live tweeted and it just something went off in his head he wanted to just continue writing and now he's uh he's he works for them, uh, you know. He does That's articles unreal. for them, and it's amazing. He just loves. He can tell you anything you want about minor league baseball. For this, sure. this <laughs> is right up my alley these days because, as you know, Slam Radio is the first ever uh, national radio station run by high school students. We are inside a high school that I work at, Slam Charter School in Little Havana, and uh -huh. and our whole premise is we're in a partnership with SiriusXM. Obviously, thanks to Pitbull and Globalization, who are, uh, you know, our, our, our big brothers. And what we do here is, is we give young adults a voice and it's just so funny because toby is like toby probably be running the station right frank <laughs> but this is exactly what we do we empower them we teach them we, we we allow them to do things like this and 
I don't know how aware you are, but this year we were featured on Good Morning America. We were live on Radio Row. We broadcast live from Radio Row for the two of the hottest days on Radio Row. On the biggest stage, the Sirius XM stage, we made national news all week. And these kids just hit it out of the park. They were pros. Like it was, I felt so proud because Frank and I trained them so damn well. We didn't realize we had trained them so well. They were better than some of the pros that had done this five or six times. It was unreal. And that's awesome. And I, I remember I saw a bunch of your tweets about it. And, and I've, list, I've actually listened to my son at least twice now make podcast appearances. So I, obviously I listened to it after he's interviewed. And you, I never realized he's 16 years old when I'm listening to him speak. <laughs> it's incredible. It's just incredible. And I, I feel so good with so many of the youth today who, are, who, who want to follow their dreams like that. And they're given an opportunity to do so. So I know you, you're a big FSU fan. I believe you graduated from there. Am I correct? You're correct. Yes, sir. You are a huge fan of the program. And I guess something struck when I talked about uh, Doug Sheridan Campbell. I didn't know about this until about an hour ago. And then I just started reading up on it. And I was like, wait a minute now. Like, we're going to do this. Let's do it right. You know? And then someone pointed yeah. out to me that Ben Hill Griffith was a racist. Like, I'm sure they were all racists. But if you do something as strong as I don't want them on my campus, now you're like an uber racist. And I think that that takes it to a different level. Uh, and I'll just briefly tell you my opinion. I, I think they should all come down if they're racist. But at the same time, the one who argues that it's part of your history, you could make an argument that on a grander scale, those who fought on the wrong side of the Civil War, um, for some people, they find that to be important. I don't think it's important, but they say it's important to remember history and remember the good and the bad. I can accept that. But if we're going to do that, someone who was just a president of a university and really didn't make any sort of impact or, or imprint other than that university, what it is on, in the country. So he's not a part of American history. He's a part of Tallahassee history. Uh, I think you can certainly look at that and say to yourself, maybe this guy's name shouldn't be on the stadium. I don't know how much he was the president of the university. What's your thought on that? I couldn't agree more. First, first of all, I, I've been tweeting about this now for at least a, a week or two. I, I did a whole post about this on my own Facebook page, but I want to give credit to a, a follower, uh, somebody I follow in Tallahassee named Mike Bonfanti. He was the one who uncovered a couple of articles from the 50s that, that really kind of paint, paint a light onto what's going on here. And I think I, you referenced this right before I came on the air. He actually, uh, Campbell actually did force the campus chapter of the American Association of University Professors to cancel to cancel a regional conference at FSU when he learned that black faculty members from Florida A&M were going to attend. Here's my issue with Doe Campbell. He was president from 1941 to 1957. The only reason the stadium is named after him is because in 1947 he entered. He uh, the school became co-ed, and three years later. They built the stadium because his biggest contribution was the fact that football and sports started at FSU. So in 1950, when the stadium opened, they named it after him. Yep, because he supported the fact that he supported football. It was, was one of the only positive things on his day. I mean, obviously, I don't know the guy. I didn't know the guy, but you're right. Everything that stands out, you, you go to and you read up on the guy, and the only redeeming quality is that he was for Florida State Athletics and for football, which is why they named the stadium after him. But anything before that is, and even after that, to a certain degree, was reprehensible he, as far as what he stood for. He, he was strongly opposed to the admission of African-American students to Florida State. There's plenty of articles about that. Now, I, I pointed this out also last night on, on Twitter. I was, a, I was a writer for the FSU newspaper from 1992 to 1994. I never knew this history. I feel bad that I didn't know it. I, and, and the thing is, if I had written a story about it when I was 22, had I known all this, I don't know that it would have had the impact 
that it could have right now. And the great thing is there's many people, not just me, who are starting to get the word out about this. And we would like to see a change because of all the stadiums in the country that pe- that uh, are named for people, I can't think of something that's been named for someone who did less at, at, for his university than this person. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I think it's it's high time. There's plenty of former Florida State alum and, and coaches and players that you could absolutely name the stadium after. I, 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 I was thinking about an old ball coach. He, he gave a little bit of his time <laughs> after he was at, uh, at a place in Virginia that he learned how to coach pretty good the football game. And then he went, he went over to Tallahassee. And well, we made a program over there in Tallahassee with the boys at FSU. We, we did a thing or two. We were in the mix a few times. Uh, I think the old Bobby Bowden Stadium would make a lot of sense. That's what I think. I, I think that would now look that that would be the simplest thing to do. And, and certainly, look, Bobby is ninety years old. This this naming for Doak Campbell was seventy years ago. Seventy years ago. If we're going to do something and do this right, they should consider doing this while, while Bobby's still with us. Yes. I mean, it, it, look, the field look the field's already named after Bobby. So I mean, he's he, he's got plenty of tributes. But that certainly seems like the one thing that I think everybody would get behind, and, and nobody would have, would really have a serious issue with that. I think you should also consider naming the taking the name of the field from Bobby and giving it to somebody else, and, and, and call it something like o- Odell Hagen's Field at Bobby Bowden's name. There's there's plenty of people you can honor. Heck, Burt Reynolds for crying out loud! That wouldn't even Burt be that bad. He's given a lot of money to this to the university and to the program. Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds is another one. Burt Reynolds has done so much for the program. Burt Reynolds did so much for many actors in Hollywood and Jupiter, Florida. And, and so there's, there's plenty of people you can honor. But it's, if nothing else, it's very clear that of all the people you can honor, it's high time to not honor Doak Camel in this way anymore. There's probably plenty of stuff, plenty of things written about him in history. He did do things for the school. But in this instance, he failed very badly. And it seems kind of Weird to still have his name 70 years later. And, and nobody's suing him or anything like that. With all due respect, no. we're just simply not honoring him because he stood for something that we've now we've grown up and realized is reprehensible. And there's nothing how, how? wrong with acknowledging that because there's a lot of people who are prideful. Right? Well, it's a part of our history. And I respect their side of their argument. But at the same time, when something offends someone, doesn't it bother you? Like if something were to offend you, Toby... Regardless of what it is or whether I, I feel bad that it would offend you. And if I said it, it would even be worse. I, right. I, where we lose sight of all this is where it's beyond me. Well, I, so you're really going to stand up for that person's right, someone you didn't know, someone who died a long time ago, all right? Yeah. A, and you're going to stand up for his rights for what? Who are you representing and what cause are you representing? Or would you rather stand up for the common person who believes that this person's actions were reprehensible, that they were racist, and they were offensive? I don't know. You put it on the scale. The scale should tilt the same way every time. I don't know. I don't know where it gets you would, lost. You would think. You would think so. And and when you consider that many of the players, all the players of the last, I guess, so FSU was finally integrated in 1965. But none of these players today would have been allowed to play in the original Doe Campbell Stadium in 1950. That in itself is a good reason to take his name off the stadium. And it's great, you know, you hear other people. There's a lot of people who had no idea. I knew nothing. And 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 once again, if I don't F- think any of us did. If FSU I don't think Faithful any of us. just said, hey, you know what? Um, we want to keep the name because we like we like the way it sounds, the doke, everything. Keep it, and if it offends somebody, that's on you. I just I can't happen to imagine that it, the proof is in the pudding of how insignificant 
I, Doug Sheridan Campbell was when nobody actually knew this. And what do you, when you see his historical, and, and you can go Wikipedia or you can look at anything having to do with him, there's more talking about him being a racist than him being the president of Florida State. Yeah, and I will tell you, in, in fairness to, to Florida State fans and alum, that I, I haven't seen a lot of people who have responded to, to people who have tweeted about this to say, no, you know what, we should keep his name on the stadium. I feel like most of the people, they're trending in the right direction. Now, the, the, the real question is, whether it can just be simply done or whether it takes an act of, of the Florida State Legislature. I did speak to my local uh, co- uh, congressman for Florida uh, who went to Florida State and asked him, and according to him, he's pretty sure it does not take an act of, of uh, the Florida State Legislature to change the name of the stadium. Uh, I guess that question is because they built a, a, a university building around the stadium, so there's certain naming rights that are available and some that are not. But it sounds like it could it could be done if the athletic department and the school simply want to do it. Yeah, I, think I don't think it would be to, hard. I don't think it would be hard. No, we at all. Le- the leader the leadership, uh, our president Thrasher. I, I I feel very confident that uh, if he if he meets with with the athletic department, they can come to a decision quickly. And like I said, it's been seventy years. It would be so cool if if there is football this September, and of course that's up in the air. Uh-huh. First game, Bobby Bowden Stadium. How, how cool would that? That would be? be fantastic, and and it would make a strong statement. And with all the respect, I kid around with you about you know rooting for Miami. At least you guys play us every year. I'm not even going to talk about those lizards with the small brains. You know, I don't know if you know that their brain fits in a teaspoon. I don't know I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Every opportunity I get to make fun of a team or a university that flops so that they can break a passing record. Uh, you know that I'm always going to take the opportunity. So to me, you guys are just like our cousins, and, and there's a great rivalry, but at the end of the day, a lot of respect for FSU. And I don't, you know, I look at this, and I've got to imagine that some of, you know, th- there's a proud tradition at FSU. Let's let's call it like it is. Some people have wanted to obliterate the war chant because they, well, that's a, and then the Seminole tribe themselves come out and say, you guys need to chill out. We kind of like it. <laughs> We like being represented. We don't think it's racist. We love it. In fact, we feel like it's honoring us. So, you know, you explore it all. You would never want to offend anyone or a group of people. But, I mean. I will tell you, that one's going to be a much tougher uh, point because the Seminole Tribe of Florida has always endorsed Florida State University's uh, imagery. They make it very authentic. They do all the costumes. And I, I, I'm not naive to the fact that there are other Native American tribes that really don't like the way it's done. I don't, I don't know how to reconcile that. I really don't, because if the Seminole Tribe of Florida is behind it and, they, and they've made all these agreements, they're not suddenly going to turn around and, and stop doing it. So that, to me, that's going to be the longer argument for the next two, three years, because I, I think you'll I, – I have no doubt that there will be people that will come out against the Seminole name and, and – uh, We'll see. I guess we'll see what happens with that. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to put you on hold because Frank's got to get your contact info. Because when I went to go, all I had was an email. I don't even know if it still works or not because I don't know if you still work in the same place. That was a long time ago. Who um, wanted to contact you? I've been wanting to contact you for two months. I reached out to Bailey. I'd like Bailey to do something with us at Slam Radio. I think it's it's a perfect fit. My job, even though Bailey doesn't come to Slam, right? But my job right. is to give voices to young adults. And every so often I have the levity and I have the leverage and I have the power because I run the damn place to do things that are outside the box. And I saw his work and I even thought, I know your dad. I want you to do something with us. I think he was in shock. I don't even think he I don't think it hit him right away when I was trying to get them. But I'd love with your permission, you know, if he if he wants to submit a podcast about this, we will make a block for him, whether it's a 30 minute show or a one hour show once a week. 
and we'll we'll market it for him. And I'll, I have no problem doing that. You're an old friend, and that's going to help him. Uh, I can't get him to come to Slam, but obviously I'm going to help him out a little bit, and he'll always remember that. That's that's in our wheel. He'll have to do all the work. I can't edit any. He's going to have to be really he'll resourceful. But if he sends us a finished product, Frank and I are totally in on it, and we'll like we'll even give a name of the show. I mean, we won't air it as a podcast. We'll air it as a show. And he wants to we spread the wealth and the knowledge of minor league baseball. The platform's his. I appreciate that, Larry. I, I think he would really enjoy that. And, and I thank you. I thank you for that. I think I told you, like, that kind of got just somehow it got lost. He never saw it. And, but fortunately, he finally did. And, yeah, I will, I will let him know. I really appreciate that. I know he would have a lot of fun doing that. I think he's going to do a great job, and I'm excited about having it. So when, I'm going to let you go. We're gonna, I'm going to put you on hold, and then Frank's going to okay. get your number because, like I said, I have no way of getting in touch with you, and I'm not going to send you another tweet <laughs> like that because I can't even message you. Uh, but, yeah, we want to get this done, man. And even you, I know you have some stuff to say. Let's, let's talk about doing some stuff. But I definitely want Bailey. I think that's – You got it. <laughs> that's going to be Thanks, awesome. Larry. Thank you, Toby. Take Thanks for friend. jumping in, man. We appreciate it. Toby Srebnik joining us. He's an old friend. Uh, he is the father of Bailey Srebnik, who I've been trying to recruit for months to do some work on the stations. Sharp kid does minor league scouting and has done some work uh, already in the industry at this young age, and those are the ones that I love the most. I love giving them a platform.